film loving world. My name is John Barber, and I'm your host for Fixed in Post, the Rabbit Room podcast about all things movies. Not only do we talk about movies we love, but we also discuss how we fix their problems if somebody gave us an editing suite for a few hours. This time on Fixed in Post, we tackle one of the most highly regarded movies of the year Jordan Peele's Us. Special thanks go out to Andrew Osinga for our theme music. Let's get to it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fixed in Post, the Rabbit Room podcast where we talk about some of our favorite things, namely movies. And not only do we talk about why we like them so much, but we also talk about maybe how we would uh, fix some of the small problems in them. Maybe if somebody gave us an editing bay for a few hours and we got to impose our will on these things, what we would do differently. So I'm joined here, as always, by the executive director of the Rabbit Room, Pete Peterson. Say hi, Pete. Hello, hello. Hello, John. Hi, Pete. <laughs> that, was re- that was really weird. I don't know what just happened. That's okay. I don't either. That was odd. <laughs> do, you, do you want to do it again? No, we just did. Uh, hello. Yeah. Yes, yeah. let's keep it. So today we're talking about one of the most popular movies in America at the moment, which is Jordan Peele's Us, a horror movie about... Well, that's kind of hard to answer. What in the world is this movie <laughs> about, Pete? Yeah. Do, wow. Are we really jumping straight to that? Okay. Well, we don't, <laughs> we don't have to go. Maybe maybe if you can give me a uh, one or two sentence summary of us. How about okay, that? Okay, sure. So spoilers, we're, we're going to spoil the movie as, yes. in every way that we can think of. So Correct. if you haven't seen it, don't listen until you have. Yes. So the movie is about a family who's on vacation at their vacation house and are attacked or visited by these strange doppelganger versions of themselves who are out to kill them. And it kind of spirals out of control from there. And in the end, we realize that apparently everybody in America has a creepy doppelganger that is out to kill them. That's the movie (laughs) in a nutshell. So what that doesn't get across is the enormous amount of subtext that's happening in the movie. And what I mean by that is, and this is getting into what I think it means. Ultimately, I think it's a movie about the divisions in our culture, in our country, and how they are destroying us. Um, And so the way that the movie realizes that is by showing us that uh, for every... Every person out there in America that's got a vacation house, there is another person very like them that is living in abject poverty and has a terrible life. And that that kind of economic and educational division is growing and it is just tearing us apart and, and causing us to become two separate countries that are pitted against one another. That's what I got out of it. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it. And uh, we should talk about the filmmaker here, Jordan Peele, who sort of rose to prominence on a sketch comedy show, Key and Peele. But then seemingly out of nowhere made this phenomenal movie, Get Out, that was nominated for Best Picture. And he won, I think he won a screenplay Oscar for it. Amazing um, movie. Can I talk about Get Out just really quickly? Please. So I loved the movie and yep. I... I I had no idea what it was about. I just knew everybody was talking about it. And I sat down one night and watched it with Jennifer, having no idea what to expect. And about halfway through the movie, I still didn't know it was happening, but I was just haunted by this undeniable feeling that it was about my hometown. <laughs> because everything that was going on was what I grew up with. And it was horrifying. And I was, I was just shocked 
by how they had taken the environment that I took for granted as a child and made it so sinister. And then, of course, it, it, things are revealed and it goes on from there. But he really captured exactly what he was trying to, I think, in, in showing the, I don't even know how you describe it. It's it's like the, uh, it's about an African-American man in a southern town and the way in which he's made to feel like a stranger and an alien in very subtle ways. And then, you know, things spiral out of control. But boy, he nailed it. Yeah. And what Get Out does so well is it, it takes the people who are sort of culturally heroes, shows the nefarious side of that. So the the line right. that like in Get Out that's just resonates like over and over and over again is when the, the father character said, t- is talking about Barack Obama and says, I would have voted for him a third time if I could have. When in reality, he's doing all of these terrible things to black characters. Right, right, right. And it takes cultural appropriation like so far <laughs> over the line. Oh my gosh. But yeah. as a, you know, as a white audience to watch a movie like Get Out and see it does this amazing thing where you're it's an watching the movie, you see yourself on the screen, you identify with the sins of these people and you still like it somehow, which is amazing. Yeah. Now It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Us it's a, on the other It's hand, a better movie than us. I'll, I'll see, I don't that. agree. So here's where my unpopular opinion comes into play. I think Us is a better film than Get Out. All right, and, you're going to have to defend that. And, I, and I'll tell you why. And I think that he's becoming a better filmmaker. And it's the kind of thing where I can't wait to see what movie seven looks like or movie eight, you know, down, down the Absolutely. line. He just gets better and better and better. But the thing about, uh, about Get Out that, on one hand, I appreciate, but it lays it on thick. Like the, the artifice and the, the analogy is very thin. So it's very obvious what that movie is about. Right. Us, for me, is so much more complicated. It's so the the conversations that come out of us are are so much more detailed. There's so much more to talk about. Whereas with Get Out, you watch it and you're like, okay, I understand what that movie's about. Us yeah. is far more complex than that. Yeah, I agree. But that's also, I think, its downfall. I loved Us. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. It's uh, better than most movies in this genre. Yeah, But my disappointment in it was because it was so much broader, I felt like it was less focused. And because it was trying to deal with so many things at once, I felt like the internal logic of what was going on in the story broke down at several points. And I didn't understand why the things that were happening were happening. And it's not a huge deal. Like I said, it's still a great movie. But I just have so many questions. So I feel like the concept of the movie wasn't executed as as clearly as get out was yeah i i guess i on one hand i see that but i see that as a almost a point in its favor not that some of some of the things are muddy and i and i do think some of the things in, in us are muddy but i also think that there's layers of complexity that with rewatching, will become more apparent that's a good point. And I would I have only seen it once and I definitely think it's a movie that bears rewatching. And I should point out at this point that if you're a rabbit room uh listener listening to this, it, it's incumbent upon me to mention that uh rabbits play a very important role <laughs> in us. And but uh, it's, what it's worth going to see just for the rabbits. This is like my point. Like what role I I, I don't think the rabbits are a huge flaw or anything, but they're one yeah. of my questions. Like sure. what is the deal with all these rabbits? Why you the know, rabbits? Yeah, and I'm sure Jordan Peele has the answer. Sure. And uh, this is one of the, my more minor things, but 
kind of one of the more the bigger ones I'm, I'm talking about is like you know the idea that you know at the end the boy kind of backs up so mm-hmm. that the doppelganger backs into the fire yep like and then that immediately raises the question of how come this isn't working in any other context like i don't understand that well I, again this is one of those layers where so earlier in the film when the, the two boys are together in the closet and right. they're mirroring each other's actions right yeah so it's it, set up you, you want to call them like the good boy and the bad boy almost you want to you want to refer to him that way but it doesn't really work that way as the movie goes on you see it's not as simple as that um so it, it's set up in that way but i also think that there's something to do with the closeness of their the closeness be- between them and their doppelganger has to do with the innocence of the character it has to do with the the age of the character and they're they're te- they're still tethered together in some way yeah but oh see that's what i don't buy that like that's just a <laughs> lot to infer from a couple of hints you know and i feel like if you've shown me that the kid can can defeat the doppelganger in this way then that needs to play a part in what everybody else is trying to do so like those are the kind of logical things that frustrate me I just don't understand. Like you're the the Lupita Nyong'o's character yeah. saw that happen, and then immediately after she has to fight her own doppelganger. Right. And you don't see any of that kind of thing either play out, or, or you don't even see her trying to experiment with trying to make it play out. And that's what I didn't understand. Because I think a lesser movie would have made it like a, a puzzle. Would have made it like a oh I figured out the key or I figured out the clue and right. now they they use it and I and I right. don't think us works that way. Yeah, although I guess you could argue that the the Lupita that we're rooting for throughout the movie is not the Lupita we think she is. Correct. <laughs> so so maybe it's These only are not the, the droids you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it don't, that that control only works in one way or something. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see it again, but there were there were a few things like that that just really made me think. Okay, so oh, for instance, like, so is there a tunnel under everybody's house in America, or is well, it just you know this? if if you remember the opening crawl, like I the, do the, the title sequence of the movie. It, I do, the, yeah, the bit about the tunnels under uh, under America, which um, I just feel like is a real stretch. You know, it's things like that that just make me feel like the concept is overreaches the the grasp a little bit. Maybe, but there's clearly like a fantastical element here. Yeah, this is this yeah. is like a horror fantasy. I mean, the movie ends with you know a, a shadow version America. of Hands Across America, which it brings up another thing. Like these, so these people wandered out into the middle of like the Mojave Desert, and, and like, how did that happen? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, yes, I, I think I think that's exactly what's happening because like at the end, you see them, you know, over the mountains, right, know, right, which to, de- which breaks the suspension of disbelief for me. Which I feel like is important for a horror movie. You're like you can have uh, fantastical things happen, but I need to believe that they could happen in the context of that world. And in the context of this story, I was like, really? So now there's suddenly thousands of people going hands across America in the Appalachians. Like I don't know. It was just like I understand what it means symbolically, and I like that. But uh, logically, it was just like I felt like there was this disconnect between the conceptual, symbolic nature of what was going on and the logical, like grounded nature of what was I, going on. I get it, but but again, I think this is where Jordan Peele is breaking some new ground, and that. We're so used to the way, particularly horror movies work. His movies don't work that way. I mean, Get Out doesn't work that way. Get, right. Get Out is is not a, a movie predicated on logical things. There's hypnosis, and there's you know all these 
weird things that don't actually make a lot of logical sense. This is almost like a horror fantasy. The idea that all of these doppelgangers are currently existing in tunnels underneath us right now is sort of by definition illogical. And so once you, for me, once I bought in, I was all in and I was, I was super yeah. okay with the way the movie ended. Okay, I don't want to be come, come across as being too hard on it. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I would totally watch it again. Yeah. But, like, I, I yeah. think part of the way in which I love a movie is to be really critical of it. You know, sure. so because I loved it, like, I really want it all to make sense. And, right. And it do- doesn't quite. So, Well, um, and th- we do call this, this podcast Fixed in Post. Right. So I'll throw that back at you. So if you were, if you were fixing this movie in post, how would you address that concern? Well, I think, I mean, I think it goes back to the script. Now, I am not convinced that that script was ready. Like, I think you have the concept there. I think you have, you know, lots of great scenes and great execution of a whole lot of things. But I didn't see this perfect marriage between the high concept and the execution. And I feel like all these things are fixable in subtle ways. And what a good movie or what a great movie will do is it'll give me subtle ways of believing the unbelievable so that... It's trailing things along throughout the movie so that when it comes time to show me the thing that I normally would not believe, I can swallow it because it's all been set up. And like that's what I felt like, you know, the the prologue, you know, kind of like text on the screen was trying to do by telling me there are tunnels all under America. But I felt like that was a cheap, lazy way to do that. Hmm. And I don't know what the answer is. I just feel like if there's a failing that this movie has, it's in that alchemy somewhere. We've alluded to the fact a number of times that this is a horror film. I'm a big fan of horror films. And I know, Pete, you're probably not as much I am as not. I am. So, no, I'm really not. But we right. were just talking about the difference between horror and slasher. Yeah, go into that a little bit. Well, uh, I enjoy horror films more in the line of like Stephen King or Us or things that where the horror is something existential or is symbolic of something. What I do not enjoy at all is a movie that's just about somebody killing other people, which is where I put things like Halloween, Friday the 13th, the Saw movies, the Scream movies. Like none of those things interest me. And I'm not, you have a hard time convincing me that those are healthy movies for watching. But I think there's a great amount to be had from movies that are scary because they're telling uh, good stories about things that are scary. So like The Witch, I think, was a great movie. Yep. A terrifying movie. You know, the I love most of Stephen King's films because Stephen King is a, is a writer that I trust and I know that he's up to something. You know, and he's trying to communicate something more interesting than just death to me. Uh, and that's certainly where Jordan Peele is operating here. So I, I do like this kind of movie. Uh, I don't like what I call like slasher porn or, or, or slasher movies. Yeah, and in fact, like some of the some of the great horror movies over the years, I think work so well because they acknowledge the evil that exists in the world, and it, and and many times they acknowledge the evil that exists in the world for the reason that we as believers believe evil exists. In other right. words, these horror films, movies like The Exorcist and The Omen and whatever, acknowledge that there are real demonic forces at play in in the world, and and sometimes like they're more apt to acknowledge that existence than we are. We, we sort of pretend those things are fake or yeah, they only exist in the movies and the movies are over here screaming like, no, 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 these are real things. Right. And so that's one of the things that I love about movies like that, even if yeah. they can be very hard to watch. Okay. So this brings up in, in our last podcast, I think I mentioned that I had just seen Penny Dreadful and did not like it. Yeah. I, I stand by that. 
But one of the things that made me so furious about that television show was it's gothic. You know, it involves like Dracula and the Wolfman and Frankenstein and exorcisms and all this kind of stuff, which is all right up my alley. But in the context of this television show in which every episode they're fighting demons or they're fighting a vampire or, or whatever, you have this character of Victor Frankenstein who is constantly like, oh, I don't believe in God. That's ridiculous. Who would believe in God? But he has no problem believing in demons and vampires and all this other occult stuff that's going on. And I just like, I'm just like, who is writing this? Like, nobody would act this way. Like, you can't believe in light, but not in darkness or in darkness, but not in light. Like, you have to. And it would be fine if that was his struggle and somebody called him out on it. But that never happens. And it just it just drove me up the wall. Yeah. Don't don't watch that show. Yeah. Well, that's that's exactly why I like a movie like like The Conjuring, for instance, which is a yeah, which is a movie that deals with those kinds of things in a way that acknowledges the reality of spiritual warfare. And yeah, you know, with all these things, we'll say this every time we talk about a subject like this. But please use discernment before you see things like that. They're they're usually yeah um, full of some some hard to watch. Yeah, and and to be honest, like I shy away from a lot of that stuff because, like, I have anything that's about demon possession or spiritual warfare is like really terrifying. Yep. And part of it is because it once the movie is over, it doesn't leave me alone. Yeah. And I, you know, I guess in some ways that's a good thing. It's a good reminder. But uh, for that reason, I generally do not watch those kind of movies. Yep. Which is a completely fair and appropriate way to approach that kind of subject matter. Definitely getting back to us for a minute. What would you say like is a, is a defining reason why it belongs in the category of things that we should go see? Well, I think primarily because it's got something to say, like it's communicating something between the lines uh, that hopefully we're taking home and wrestling with. And, you know, that's about uh, like how we treat one another, how we are building divisions between one another and whether or not those things might come back to haunt us. That's what the movie is up to. And that's something that needs to be wrestled with, you know, and I think it does it in a really interesting way. And that's valuable. That's a valuable piece of literature to interact with. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with it. And it feels like a very modern movie to me in that it's full of lots of references to pop culture, tons of what you you know might call Easter eggs that on repeated viewings, things that you'll pick up on. As Jordan Peele as the director, uh, as his career moves forward, people are calling him the new Hitchcock, things like that. Do you feel like that that is an appropriate thing to do at this point? I think he's better than Hitchcock. <laughs> wow. I, I don't li- I, I don't like Hitchcock. Like I, wow. I, res- I have a lot of respect for Hitchcock. There are Hitchcock movies that I like, but my my grievance against Hitchcock is how cold his movies are. Sure. I, I've never been an emotionally invested in a Hitchcock film. I've, I can appreciate them from a cold execution and cinematic standpoint, but they never Im- interest me emotionally. Uh, and so what I think Peel is able to do the Hitchcock thing of putting together a really efficient thriller in a Hitchcockian manner, but I'm also emotionally invested in his characters and what's going on. And so, like, by that measure, I, I think he exceeds Hitchcock in some ways. I mean, you know, you, he's only made two movies. Right. So until he makes 15 movies that are great, you know, we I can't really say that. Yeah. But at the moment... Hot take I'm on the really... Rabbit Room podcast. Pete Peterson says Jordan Peele is better <laughs> than Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put a grain of salt in that because, yeah, I get it. And, and that's not that I think Hitchcock is a bad filmmaker. I obviously do not. But like I said, I think there's an emotional coldness to Hitchcock's work that makes it hard for me to enjoy his films. If I were if I were pointing to one thing that I don't like about us, it's the the, the big twist or the big reveal at the end was the least surprising thing possible to me. And it was um, also totally monologued. Correct. I mean, and maybe, I don't know if you felt this way, Pete, but I, I wasn't surprised at all. I was like, oh, yeah, well, that's what I thought was about to happen. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I see what the, the, I mean. You mean the very, very last little twist. I mean, yeah, the yeah. very, very. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it coming, but it also didn't surprise me. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm glad they did that. But I, I definitely didn't see it coming a mile away and expect it the whole time. So this is a, a, a conversation that I've had with people lately. Uh, I don't go into a movie with expectations. Uh, I try not to. And so some people will go to a movie and say, oh, I saw that thing coming a mile away. How could you not see that coming? And like my answer to that is I've, I very consciously try not to see things coming. Right. Um, it, it, I think it's only the really bad movie that leaves my mind so bored that I begin to start to predict it. Right. Um, because what I want is for a movie to reveal itself to me. Right. Like I'm not interested in figuring it out. So there's a sense in which when I sit down to watch a movie, I try to be naive just because – you know, uh, that's what I would hope somebody would do if I made a movie. Like we're all drawing on other people's stuff. We're all foreshadowing. We're we're we're, we're all any storyteller is building things into Act One that's going to you know be revealed in Act Three, and we all hope that the reader or the the viewer is going to be gracious enough to us to recognize what we're doing and appreciate it to the extent with which we've done it well. And so I try to give that to to other movies when I watch them. Yeah, well, in, in this case, you know, and the, the sort of twist we're talking about is that we find we find out that and this is the major spoiler of the movie. So, you know, uh, the, the twist that we're talking about is that we find out that Lapita Nyong'o's character was actually switched as a young child, and she is the the girl from the tunnels. So, on one hand, it was not a surprise. Um, and it probably could have just been taken as a given throughout the whole movie because it was played up as this big, like sort of sixth sense reveal that uh, didn't work that well for me. But on the other hand, it's absolutely integral to the theme of the movie, to the major theme of the movie, which is those people are the same as us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of uh, nurture over nature. So it, yeah. it, it's all about the context that you grew up in and the advantages that you had and all of those things in terms of upward mobility. So those characters, the, the ones living in those tunnels, had no opportunity uh, to advance except when one found one and took advantage of it. Right. So in that way, like it's super important to the, to the film, even if I yeah. didn't, wasn't totally sold on the execution of it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But all that adds up to being why I thought get out was a better movie like i didn't when get out was over i was 100 percent satisfied i was like that was amazing when us ended i i enjoyed it but i was like yeah but what about this and i don't mean the kind of yeah but what about this that is the 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 wrestling with the themes and messages of the movie that, right. that uh, remain once it's over i mean like plot-based character-based things that didn't resolve in a way that made sense to me and so on that level i right. felt like get out was the tighter uh uh, movie and us overreached itself just a little bit. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to say about us before we, before we head out? 
I don't think so. I, I just know that I am all on board for whatever Jordan Peele does next. I mean, I can't yes. wait to see the Twilight Zone. Yes, definitely. That's his new his new venture. So, uh, yeah, go check out us, and uh, we'll be back with you soon. I don't know what's coming next, but maybe we'll talk Shazam. All right, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. That's a wrap on this episode of Fixed in Post, the Rabbit Room podcast about movies. Thanks to Pete Peterson and Andrew Osinga for our theme music. We'll see you next time.